Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Energy Transition, Episode 23. Risk of conflicts with the energy crisis. Good morning, Irina Islav and David Blackman. Good morning. Good morning. One of the reasons for the Ukraine moment, is my opinion, was the non-licensing of the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline. Where in the world could other conflicts possibly come due to energy uh, shortages and high prices, uh, David, please? Oh, gosh, uh, the possibilities are fairly endless. I am in the process of, of reading a, a wonderful new book by the author's name is Peter Zihan. Uh, it's called uh, The End of the World is Only is Just the Beginning. Um, and he's done a, a terrific job of, of detailing uh, what is happening in our energy markets and talking about the reality that we are currently seeing. In fact, he wrote all this in January and February, predicted exactly what we're seeing now, which is a complete uh, reorganization of trade relationships, not just as they relate to oil, but, but of uh, pretty much all goods that are shipped across the seas. Uh, but oil is, is a big focus of what, what he writes about. And, and I think he's exactly correct. I mean, we're in the early stages of it today, but as we have a, a realignment um, of oil trading relationships, and we see this with Russia, India be, becoming a major uh, customer for Russian oil now, China becoming a bigger customer for it, Saudi Arabia uh, establishing stronger relations with both China and Russia uh, and away from the United States orbit. Um, we're going to see uh, regionally a, any number of conflicts arise as countries start to panic as Germany is doing in preparation for the winter to, to uh, try to secure adequate supplies of oil, natural gas, coal, uh, uranium, any, any metal, any mineral that is necessary to generate energy is going to become an increasingly precious resource as global trade relationships that have been established over the last 50 years begin to deteriorate and disentangle. And so um, the, the potential for armed conflict uh, is going to rise exponentially in the years to come. And I, I just think... Uh, you know, the, the media is starting to report on these things, but of course, it's a very slow process with, with the uh, establishment news media in the United States and elsewhere. Irina, you see uh, some specific place in the world that can come, some kind of conflict based on an energy crisis? Uh, well, not, not as such if we're talking about armed conflicts uh, between states. Uh, but I think Europe is in for uh, a lot of pain uh, as a result of its compromised energy security. 
which is Europe's own doing, after all. Uh, it's not just Germany being over-reliant on Russian gas, it's also France, which has been strongly reliant on its nuclear energy, but now it turns out uh, it hasn't been maintaining its nuclear power plants well enough, so now they're, many of them are uh, operating below capacity, much below capacity. Uh, but uh, most of all, I agree with David uh, that we're seeing uh, a rewrite of uh, trade rules. We're seeing something new, a shift taking place, and it's going to take a lot less time than the shift to renewable energy because we're talking about energy security and we're talking about um, countries that uh, weren't exactly listened to uh, until now coming to the fore, and I don't mean just Russia. Uh, India, for example, India has become a large importer of Russian oil, and despite the efforts of the US State Department to first ask it to stop and then uh, try to threaten India with uh, secondary sanctions, just hinting at it, uh, nothing is happening because you, you can't really do uh, anything to India. India is a huge consumer of commodities. And, you know, threatening it wouldn't exactly achieve anything. So, yes, we're seeing possibly seismic shifts uh, in, in the world order, which lots of people have been talking about, actually, that the world order is changing. It's, it's yeah. not going to be as Western-centric uh, as it has been for the past century. That, part, uh, that point about the world order uh, disintegrating, is such a, a great point in all of this. One of Biden's economic advisors a couple of weeks ago talked about uh, the fact that the high energy prices we're currently uh, having to absorb here in the US and, and in Europe and elsewhere is just a part of their, their desperate attempts to maintain what he called the liberal world order. And it created exactly. quite a kerfluffle in social media because of the word liberal being used in it. But what he was referring to uh, is the relationships established right after World War II between the United States and Europe and, and, and engaging with the rest of the world in which the U.S. Navy would basically serve as role uh, as the global policeman and global trade routes to make sure trade routes, international trade routes, were kept secure and safe. Um, and that has that is what enabled all of this globalism, all of these international trade relationships uh, to to develop and to be secure. And it, it's enabled uh, all of these shipments. It enabled the rise of China's economy with with, you know, it's shipping all of these goods that, that Chinese manufacturers make so cheaply all over the world. And if the United States disengages from that security role, and it has been disengaging from it in recent years, if that continues, uh, then we're going to see it very difficult to maintain all of this, this uh, you know, intricate web of international trade supply chains. And uh, we see that breaking down already. Uh, a lot of it was caused by COVID, but not all of it. And uh, this is just, uh, again, the very early stages of all that taking place. Yes, and now they're talking about uh, uh, so-called French shoring um, 
the US, Australia, friendly nations to, to the US right. uh, led world order. Uh, they're starting to, um, you know, to, to regroup uh, in a way. Uh, they're talking about the energy transition, how much uh, uh, natural resources, how many natural resources it would need. And now they're realizing that you cannot rely on China because uh, you have a hostile relationship with China, for example, right. on rare earths uh, uh, and so on. Uh, but I think, again, this is, uh, this is rushing into things because of all these countries uh, in the U.S. orbit, uh, as you said, their closest allies, uh, basically the only ones that do have abundant natural resources are Canada and Australia. Right. except uh, the U.S. itself. And I don't see this French shoring work as well as globalization worked up until now. Obviously, uh, things don't work uh, well forever and things change. And that's not necessarily bad. It would be bad for many, but it would be good for other countries, I think. Right. And I don't don't just mean Russia and China. Uh, it will definitely be interesting to watch. But in the short term, uh, during this uh, this crisis, um, I think we, what we've been saying all along, ever since we started these chats, uh, there may be riots. There may be uh, social unrest, not in developing nations where, to be honest, the West has got used to hearing about unrest in developing nations. It might happen right in the heart of Europe, because there's not enough energy to go around. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's the concept of near-shoring. Some countries are uh, talking about this. Let's uh, see, return from the globalization, the total globalization open to a more, let's see, re regional um, feed of uh, products. Uh, in a way, nearshoring is also being discussed, but that's uh, the uh, idea of the US and Australia and Canada is of French shoring, uh, as in you rely on friendly <laughs> nations shore. for your raw materials rather than on uh, nations that you, you don't really have a friendly relationship with, uh, such as China, for example. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. The French shoring is good, that. and David, too. To, to issue a, a new Very article about French shoring. <laughs> well, yeah. And, it, you know, when you look at oil in particular, I mean, an obvious outcome of, of the disintegration of globalization on oil uh, trade is that the United States can't, I mean, really a North American nearshoring of, of oil resources is a very logical and almost certain outcome of all of that because between the United States, Canada, and Mexico, uh, those three countries produce all the oil they could ever possibly use and their resources, the reserves of oil are just incredible. And then when you add in South America to a Western hemisphere alliance with Brazil's resources, which are really the biggest on earth probably in Venezuela, mm -hmm. and then Suriname and Guyana also rising as oil powers uh, because of, of the offshore developments that are happening there. Uh, I mean, you can just see the, the logical alliances that are probably going to be formed over the next 20 to 30 years as all of this unraveling takes place. And, uh, but but uh, Irina's point about, you know, it not working as well as globalism has worked, uh, that part of it, 
the fact that a lot of this isn't going to work well is what's going to be the spark points, I think, for, for potential conflicts in some parts of the world. And, and, you know, it's hard to predict exactly where those will be. Uh, but, you know, when you have countries like China and India with their enormous populations and, and, and huge uh, resources that they also have, they will be seeking to secure these, these energy resources where they can find them. And, you know, you, it, it's certainly possible that there could be, uh, you know, you hate to predict wars, but uh, you, you certainly can see the potential for that happening uh, in the years to come. It's interesting because in South America, we have countries that uh, have enough energy to, to, to feed our, our demands, but uh, the political alignment, uh, the ideologies is not... Um, Totally yeah. aligned. As always. No, I know. As always. Yeah, yes. and that's always the case. Yes, exactly. Not just in the Western Hemisphere, but you know, in Africa and Asia and all over the world. You know, that's always going to be an issue that countries will have to deal with. So the concepts uh, being overtaken by necessities, by the needs of the countries. So yes. Yes. Oh, and, and you know the 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 riots, of course, the protests. Uh, Arena talked about a minute ago too. You see what's happening in the Netherlands right now because of the government uh, policy that they want to invoke that will put you know many farmers and ranching operations out of business in that country. And the protests that have risen in reaction to that—that's a very similar po policy to what has ended up being the downfall of the Sri Lankan government. Uh, because, I mean, the real, I guess, the last straw for that government was last year when they ordered farmers not to use chemical fertilizers and immediately just change over, you know, at a point in time last April uh, to using cow dung and, and, and organic uh, fertilizers that dramatically reduce crop yields and, and now have left the population without adequate food or energy resources. And, uh, you know, you see the Netherlands moving to a very similar policy to, in order to try to reduce nitrogen uh, in their environment. And uh, it's just, just, it's ridiculous. In, in the middle of an energy crisis, you're fighting nitrogen emissions. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's really crazy. It's, mm. it's, it's really irrational government policies and uh it's it's amazing to me how these political folks who are making all these decisions never i mean never have the ability to think through the inevitable consequences of the policy actions they're taking yeah they probably underestimated the farmers i think that's what uh, that, yeah. that's what's happened and they yes. should have known after two years of uh, anti-COVID protests in the Netherlands. They should have seen it coming. I mean, they should have uh, expected this reaction. But, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. And, and after just having seen the same kind of thing happen in Canada. Yeah, I, I, I just, I <laughs> don't know. Too. Yeah, how do you not see that coming? It's, it's pretty phenomenal, really. No, no. And we need to consider that... Um, the next war may be uh, based on the minerals uh, source and, and China dominance of uh, the source. This can be a very uh, complicated issue for the, the next decades. Oh, 
Yes, it'll be incredibly complex because so much, I mean, we just look at lithium. So much of the lithium that is processed by China today and has given them a near monopoly over the supply chains related to lithium and some other minerals, that mo most of that rock lithium is coming from Australia. And if Australia aligns with the United States in, in a new trade partnership, Think of the impact that's going to have with the Chinese government. And because China needs that lithium just as badly as we do. And, and so right there, you have a potential for a conflict there that uh, could get fairly ugly. And probably Elon Musk should be a Chinese to solve some dependence <laughs> <laughs> of minerals. Okay. Well, China's a big part of his business now. You know, he has a major gigafactory there in, uh, what, outside Shanghai, I think. Well, and, it's a huge uh, market for EVs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, with over a billion people there, it's mm. uh, the big growth area. Yeah, sure. Clients, a lot. Thank you so much for this nice conversation this Monday. Irina's love and David Thank Black. Thank you. Thank you. Always Thank a pleasure. You. This was a very good subject. I appreciate it. Another it. depressing one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we're out of cheerful subject. Aren't right, we? it's hard to come up with the cheerful. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay, have, have a, a good wonderful day. week. Bye. Have Good a great day and great week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.